Hello everyone, I'm Mike Ward and welcome to Conversations in Healthcare, a video series brought to you by DRG, part of Clarivate. This is, uh, episode is one of the, uh, a number that we are recording alongside on Helix, a digital conference that uh, is hosted by One Nucleus. Uh, in line with this, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Sanjay Kaka, who is a serial entrepreneur and uh, is now CEO of a San Francisco Bay Area-based startup uh, that's emerging from stealth mode, having just recently uh, raised $30 million in a Series A round. Sanjay is CEO of Tranquist Therapeutics, a San Mateo, California-based startup that's focusing on the discovery and development of treatments for neurodegenerative and other age-related diseases. So Sanjay, um, I hope you and those you care about are keeping safe and well, and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Mike, uh, and good morning from California. Uh, it's really a pleasure to, to be invited to participate uh, in, in this series, and thank you very much for your good wishes. Uh, uh, we're all well, thank you, and I trust the same holds for you and yours. Great. So, yeah, as I said in the introduction, you, uh, Tranquil's Therapeutics, um, uh, it's, it's emerged from stealth mode and it's going to focus on neurodegenerative diseases. Now, yeah, clearly that's a major unmet medical need uh, that remain, you know, remains a major challenge uh, for the life science sector. Um, and it's certainly one um, that's been a challenge to resolve for, for, for a number of reasons, most notably struggling to identify clean, clinically meaningful uh, targets. So what, what, what is the target that Tranquist uh, is homing in on and, and, and who is responsible for the sort of discovery of that target? Well, that's a great question, Mike. Um, the, what we are doing at Tranquist is we're focusing on myeloid immune cell dysfunction in neurodegenerative diseases. Now, for many years, we've understood that neuroinflammation appears uh, in neurodegenerative disease, and it was long considered an epi phenomenon. But uh, Engelman, Ed Engelman and colleagues at his lab at Stanford uh, decided to focus their expertise in, immun in immunology. They had been pioneers in the field of immuno-oncology to asking the question whether um, there are disorders of the immune system involved in, immune, in neurodegenerative diseases that give rise to this neuroinflammation and are actually responsible for the pathophysiology of those particular, uh, uh, those particular conditions. So that's what they started to do some years ago, very quietly, started to look for pathways and targets that were downregulated or dysfunctional in patients with neurodegenerative disease. And then start to look for those defects in myeloid immune cells, both inside the brain, such as microglia, the normal cleanup, uh, you know, policeman of the brain, and also peripherally macrophages, because they felt that the peripheral immune system also had a role in these diseases. So that's what's really given rise to the approach that Tranquist has taken. It was incubated and, and, and uh, identified in the laboratory of, uh, of Ed Engelman and colleagues at Stanford, and then it became the, the underpinning of Tranquist when we span out of Stanford in 2007. Right. And sort of, you know, looking at, for example, sort of you know, the patent filings of that Engelman group in this particular space, they're, they're looking at um, PPAR um, gamma cofactor 1 alpha, 
which is a sort of a target that was identified originally in 1998 and about 15 years ago um, it it was it was linked to sort of you know association uh, with some sort of degenerative changes in in CNS so yeah why has it taken that length of time from those sort of initial observations to actually, you know, move this into a, you know, a potential uh, target for, for neurodegenerative diseases? Yeah, well, the, you're right that uh, certain metabolic pathways have been identified. And also people look through GWAS studies uh, to determine whether the genes regulating those pathways were dysfunctional in patients with neurodegenerative diseases. And that was identified, as you say, you know, around uh, 10 to 15 years ago. The, uh, originally, people looked for these uh, uh, dysfunctions and these defects in neurons and didn't really find anything. Now, it was Ed and colleagues coming from an immunology perspective started to ask the question, well, maybe the dysfunction that we know happens at a sort of epigenetic level in patients with neurodegenerative diseases is actually happening at a functional level in immune cells rather than in neurons. So that's what they've been quietly working on for some time now, some years, you know, well before the company got going. And first started to, well, in parallel, started to look for the role of these pathways in myeloid cells in patients. And lo and behold, they found that the pathways that we are targeting are uh, dysfunctional and downregulated in myeloid cells in patients with neurodegenerative disease, and very exquisitely so but also started to look at doing knockout models of uh, classic uh, neurodegenerative diseases um, and knocking out the, the specific genes that we were targeting in myeloid cells in those animal models. And lo and behold, found that the, the animals had a worse uh, phenotype of disease. So therefore started to prove um, that this was in fact, these were in fact important pathways and novel pathways that could actually provide a link between disease and an actual target mechanism. And so that's why it's taken quite some time, but you know, we've made some significant breakthroughs quietly in terms of demonstrating that these pathways are downregulated in the target cell type, and that that uh, results in actually a disease process which can be targeted, can be modified, and where we can actually show we can restore the cell function back to normal. So in other words, bring it back to its normal function and take away its inflammatory state. So that's a double punch really. And also show resulting benefits. And we've done that in multiple animal models of various neurogenic diseases, as well as develop an on-target biomarker because of the cell type that we're focused on. So, I mean, one, one of the sort of big challenges uh, that we've actually had in you know, neurodegeneration um, is actually the lack of robust animal models that, you know, kind of gives some indication of you know, what happens in the animal model can be translated into the human experience. So you know, what, what sort of confidence do you have in, in the animal models that uh, have been developed so far? That, that is a central uh, aspect. One of the key foundations of how we designed and built Tranquist is the exact point that you're making, Mike, which is a very important one. So um, 
we've really started because you know ed's a physician by training i'm a physician by training we really started with a clinical problem and as i mentioned a little earlier what we did is first sought to identify in patients that that uh, we actually saw this uh, this response in terms of the myeloid cells the myeloid immune cells um, and that uh, they were dysregulated so that actually has become our target as well as our biomarker so what we've been able to show in multiple animal models of neurodegenerative disease, which are challenging, but we have you know, some highly encouraging data um, in models of ALS, frontotemporal dementia, you know, Parkinson's disease, and age-related neuropathologies. What we've been able to show is that there is a common pathway, which is this uh, dysfunction or downregulation of these particular pathways in myeloid immune cells, both inside the brain, making microglia, and outside of the brain, namely macrophages. And that, that dysfunction actually tracks with disease. So with our therapeutic approach, what we've been able to do is restore normal function by upregulating certain pathways in those cell types. That results in those uh, cells becoming uh, a, you know, less inflammatory, releasing less tissue-damaging cytokines, so therefore stopping their role in neurodegeneration but also restoring their function back to normal so they perform their normal cleanup function and can restore neuronal health. So by doing that, we were able to track directly between upregulating the pathway, effects in animal models, we're able to show in those animal models a reduction in the presence of inflamed myeloid cells coming back to the mechanism. And we also already have an on-target biomarker where we've taken the blood of patients with disease and we've incubated that blood with and without uh, our lead comp with or without our lead compound and show we can restore the myeloid cell function of those patient cells back to normal in the laboratory, uh, reducing the inflammation and restoring normal function. So therefore, we have an approach that we can bring into the clinic where very early on in patients, in very early clinical studies, we'll be able to track the relationship between dose, exposure, target engagement, markers of disease progression, and also clinical outcomes, which is one of the key ways that we're seeking to overcome, you know, that graveyard that you mentioned, which has been very difficult in neurodegenerative disease research, jumping from the animal models through to some kind of predictability uh, and target dose in, in clinic. So, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that your drug candidate, you know, is able to pass the, the blood-brain uh, barrier. Um, yes. Our, uh, our uh, chemistry platform and uh, our candidate molecules are already bioavailable and cross the blood-brain barrier. And we see them in the, in the same or even higher concentrations that we see in the plasma. Okay, so <clears throat> you just raised 30 million in, in, in a series A. What did you tell your financial backers when you were raising that money? What did you tell them that they could expect to see you deliver? Uh, with um, you know over over the next sort of years or so, yeah. Well, we're we're delighted with the raise. Thirty million was uh, you know the upper end of our targets, and we're absolutely delighted to have a, a sort of set of very supportive blue chip uh, uh, VCs in there. Um, and so you know they were all intrigued by I think two key things that we're seeking to build on in this Series A. One is this novel mechanism and the promise it holds to be a you know a revolution in neurodegenerative diseases, uh, and also the fact that we've already got a, uh, a portfolio of candidate compounds that have shown very compelling data in preclinical models that are moving through into you know INDA enabling studies very well, 
and position us to move into the clinic next year. So with the Series A, we're seeking to do two key things. We're seeking to bring our lead compound, TQS-168, into the clinic and prove the concept clinically, which means two, real, two things. One is the obvious of, of getting uh, early data in the target uh, orphan neurodegenerative diseases we're positioning the lead compound for. But also, in addition to that, is proving the concept of this pathway that we're targeting. And that we can do that by having already an on-target clinical biomarker, which supports the mechanism of action and can track disease. So that's, those are sort of the two things we're seeking to do in terms of development and clinically. And then uh, upstream, we're seeking to bring forward the next generation of compounds and position those for the broader, more prevalent neurodegenerative diseases, such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's as well as uh, expanding uh, our capability and our focus across these very interesting you know, uh, pathways targeting myeloid immune cell dysfunction. Right, and, and, and the approach is to actually sort of you know, activate these pathways rather than sort of, you know, sort of replace um, sort of your molecules that are uh, normally missing. Exactly, we're, we're seeking to correct the defects. So we do that at a pretty fundamental level where we upregulate the target pathway to restore, well, to take, to reduce the inflammatory response of the cell, in other words, the pathological response, and restore the normal physiology of the cell, in other words, to restore its normal function, performing a cleanup of dead, decaying, and toxic matter around neurons. Yeah, yeah. So look at, looking at the sort of the pattern claims that are associated, um, you know, with with the molecule and you know what came out of the Engelman lab. Um, it looks like, uh, you know, those claims sort of are saying that, you know, it could be used to treat a number of different neurodegenerative diseases. Um, which, which ones are you going to pursue first and, and, and why? Yeah, it's a good point. So this is the sort of, you know, where the luxury of choice, I suppose. We have too much choice in, in some respects. But uh, we're very focused. So we've, um, this is a common pathway and it's one that is a powerful and, and, and early uh, pathway we've identified in, in multiple neurodegenerative diseases. Hence the fact that we have coverage over a wide range of, of, of therapeutic opportunities. What we're doing as a company for our stage of development, we're focused initially on going further and further downstream in development into the clinic and then into later stage trials in orphan neurodegenerative diseases. So the lead compound TQS-168 is positioned for diseases such as ALS and frontotemporal dementia. It may well be applicable in other neurodegenerative diseases as well, particularly the orphans that we're strategically reserving for that compound. Um, and then uh, what we'll be doing is bringing forward the next generation of compounds uh, for the broader neurodegenerative diseases as well. Um, and we have a broad pattern of state. We've already got issued patents, uh, the ones that you're already referring to, but we all also have patents that are going through prosecution right now very, very well that give us very broad coverage over what we're doing, both in terms of use and composition of matter. All right. So, so you, you, these, these patents are issued. Um, so have you, has Tranquis got exclusive licenses to them? Because I'm, I'm assuming that you know, Stanford was there in, in, in the first place. Yes, we exclusively licensed all the technology underlying uh, these, these programs from Stanford in 2017. That's when the company got going. And, um, and then I came on board in 2018 to take it forward. 
but we have exclusive rights over all of this. Um, and there are additional patents that were issued by, by Stanford that we continue to pro progress and give us even broader coverage. Right. Um, we haven't actually mentioned who, who your investors are. So do you want to give a shout out to the people who like, were, I guess, were involved in the seeding in the first place and, and who's now participating in the Series A? Yeah, so the seed was uh, led by SR1 and the founders uh, and a couple of their friends. It was a very supportive and small group of investors there. It's unusual for SR1 to be doing seed rounds, but they really wanted to get into this very early on. And SR1 brought me in, uh, Raji Dadu, who uh, sits on the board of Tranquis, a very senior partner at uh, SR1, was also uh, on the board of my first company and invested there through, through SR1 as well. So um, that, was, that was the seed round that enabled us to get the company going, spin out from Stanford, continue to do the animal model work and start to, start to broaden out our, our portfolio. Um, and then the Series A that um, by the time this goes out, we would have announced uh, it's just coming up, um, $30 million. And that's been co-led by Remiges Ventures, which is a, a new up and coming uh, Japanese American fund with a phenomenal focus in, uh, in, in metabolic and meta, uh, immunometabolic diseases as well as neurodegenerative diseases. So we really liked their, their understanding of what we were doing. They co-led that with SR1. And then there's participation also from Vivo Capital, uh, Correlation Ventures, and a new fund called His, Hillsborough Venture, amongst others. Right, right, okay. So <clears throat> what, I mean, you, you mentioned that you're, you're hoping to get you know, the, the, the lead compound into the clinic, et cetera. What are, what are the sort of the next key milestones that uh, you know we can expect to hear from from, from Tranquis? The next uh, the next big one that you'll hear is uh, we intend to start clinical studies with our lead compound next year. So that would be the next one that uh, you, you should look out for, and obviously might well keep you informed. Um, and then beyond that, we'll obviously be seeking to announce uh, early data. In, uh, in healthy volunteers and then uh, potentially also in patients as well, and in particular, you know, work on the, on the biomarker. That's sort of the progression downstream in development. And then we'll uh, be announcing developments in terms of our overall research strategy, next-gen compounds, and our approach towards these targets in due course as well, and in parallel with some of those big uh, clinical milestones that uh, we've been discussing. Right, and, and so the Tranquis business model, um, you know, how far do you sort of you know, anticipate sort of, you know, taking these compounds or are you going to be sort of you know, getting partnerships from, from pharmaceutical companies you know, if and when you can? Well, we're very well supported to achieve a few key things in the next you know, uh, couple of years. Uh, and as I mentioned a little earlier, one of the big things we want to show is that this is a revolution in neurodegenerative disease uh, management and treatment. By getting the product uh, and getting the lead compound to a point where we can show its effect in patients with orphan diseases, but also show the underlying, uh, prove the concept of the underlying mechanism. So extremely well supported to do that, as well as progress the, the upstream molecules and the uh, research and, and science base. So that's what we're focused on right now. But as you can imagine, once we've shown that we're getting a signal in patients and that correlates with an on-target biomarker that supports the underlying mechanism, we see that there'll be multiple opportunities to take us forward through financing paths and potentially partnering paths as well. 
Some of those may come earlier or later, but we're really focused on that key inflection point. And once that comes, we'll be able to then pursue the next, uh, the next step with the company. At the moment, we're really just focused on getting 168 to the clinic and proving the concept over here. Right. So Sanjay, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. So, so thanks very much for, for, for taking the time uh, to, to, to speak to me today. Um, and this sounds all very exciting. I mean, neurodegenerative diseases are, you know, as I said, clearly a major medical need. And, you know, the approach that, that you're taking uh, is going to be keenly watched uh, by us all. So we wish you well uh, with, with, with that effort. So, so, so if you'd like to uh, tune into future conversations, follow our LinkedIn page where we'll be posting alerts to future episode releases. Uh, so in closing, I'd, I'd like to thank Sanjay again for, for joining us and thank all our listeners for, for, for tuning in. So until next time, stay safe and healthy. I'm Mike Ward and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure participating and uh, thank you very much for those insightful questions.